This is Larry Zerner, Shelley from Friday 13th Part 3. You're on Nightmare Junkhead. Hey, genius, fuck you too. in and out of your consciousness like a bad dream you can't wake from, this is the Nightmare Junkhead Podcast, a horror podcast that understands and honors the transformative power of Tobey Hooper. My name is Greg D. I'm Genius McGee. And on today's episode, we're continuing our Summer of Slasher series as we turn to The Simpsons and interface with our own personal buddies and talk 2019's Child's Play. But before we get into that, let me remind you we're part of the Boom Howdy Podcast Network. Boom Howdy. You can find all of our past episodes at BoomHowdy.com, where the easiest way to listen in is to simply search for Nightmare Junket in your iTunes or SoundCloud app, hit subscribe, and when our latest episode drops, it'll download directly to your listening device of choice. All up in your buddy hole. And if you are out on the social media again, if you're a final boy or final girl or survivor survivor girl, as it is, uh, you can always find us on Twitter at Nightmare Junk and on Facebook at Nightmare Junkhead. And it is truly important to follow us along on Facebook, especially if you're in the Kansas City area. I uh, know about our nerdy shenanigans. And there is a lot of stuff coming up here and a couple things we want to plug and they're a little bit away, mm-hmm. but they're worthy enough to make sure to set aside these dates. Mark your calendars. Indeed. And the first one to mark is going to be August 25th. Mm-hmm. And this one we're hosting under the banner of Nerds of Nostalgia. But quite honestly, you know, the films that are going to be shown very much in horror vein absolutely so cool they're gonna be so cool and we can't announce what they are yet because it's a mystery but what a lineup for this director we're having a ray harryhausen triple feature yes so we're going (sighs) to honor and marvel at the works of ray harryhausen Mm -hmm. and if you grew up in a certain time if you appreciate the artistry of special effects yeah of practical effects Mm -hmm. of the, the true artistry that is involved Three films that are going to be celebrating that work. Uh, it's going to be at the Alamo Draft House, August 25th. Uh, I believe it starts at... Noon. Yes, because we, we've got three mystery... And now, this is all due to one Amber Solomon. This, yeah. is, this has been a lifelong dream, and she was kind enough to allow us to host this to uh, you know as we travel along, as we hand-mold you. Right? This is going to be fun, because one of them is my all-time faves... One is a classic, and one is I've never seen. I'm in the same vein, and yeah. I imagine we're in the same on all three films. Yeah, yeah. And um, one of them's going to be on 35. Yes, we are going vintage 35 yes. millimeter. 35 Harryhausen, how rad would that that's going to be? It's going to be awesome. So make sure you set aside some time for that. Uh, tickets are available right now. Mm-hmm. And here in the month of October, and... We're I mean, getting, get ready, kids. We are so close to that. <laughs> There's a whole bunch more days till... <laughs> the countdown starts though and obviously that's a, you know a grand month for us uh, obviously mm-hmm. with the podcast and a lot of the stuff that we are lucky enough to host and this year again uh, we're going to have a back to back double f- uh, little marathon but it is po- uh, going to happen on October 19th Dismember the Alamo. Mm-hmm. We cannot wait. We have such sights to show you. And no, we're, we're not going to show that. No, we're not, we're not showing, showing we're not that one. But in general, we have <laughs> we have good things we're going to show. Uh, and that is four films. Uh, refer back to last year when we did that one. That was so much fun. 
we did a whole curriculum because everything mm-hmm. was built around school-based horror. Um, and now we haven't put together the lineup for this uh, this member yet. No, but we have a plethora of yes. wonderful choices. We have a buffet. So we're going to make sure, we're going to handcraft this one for you, and it's going to be grand. Uh, we, we never guarantee a good time, but with this member, you can always... Mm-hmm. Four back-to-back horror movies, yeah. Because last year we showed uh, Slaughter U. Splatter University. Splatter University. And then we showed Reanimator. Creepers on 35mm. No, 35mm, then Reanimator, and then The Lost Boys. On 35mm. Oh, it was so cool. It was so a, much fun. And we're looking to, uh, again, do a nice little mix of uh, DCP and uh, 35. Mm-hmm. Uh, so mark it on the calendars. Dismember the Alamo, October. 19th we are going to have such a grand grand time Mm -hmm. and we will have that up on facebook now we unfortunately did it's weird we missed an episode last week Mm -hmm. but we had recorded it it had been edited and put together but unfortunately the dreaded uh audacity gremlin came in right you think audacity was designed by dick miller or the as a putterman <laughs> they had that technology in wwi <laughs> gremlins all through it but unfortunately we did lose the episode but uh we were lucky enough to have uh the aforementioned uh amber solomon and adrian torres from the uh, alamo draft house we were talking terror tuesday mm-hmm. and we we're kind of pimping their upcoming friday the 13th screening yeah in line with our summer of slasher series so unfortunately you you missed out on number one it was a great conversation it was a lot of fun but we did go on a tangent where the uh the golden girls met up at camp crystal lake uh-huh and we were trying to figure out just the the <laughs> dynamics of the tropes of the slashers that episode went everywhere it, was, it went all over the place but it was wonderful but we we're also plugging some of the upcoming uh terror tuesdays in the month of august which include and this is one that i did see on the big screen and I had a good time with it, but, uh, you know, what is it? My hat has a shark fin or my hat is like a shark fin. Mm-hmm. We're going under deep blue, uh, deep blue sea. Motherfucking sharks. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. I saw that in the theater, too. And, and one so- celebrating its 20th anniversary. Mm-hmm. One that I think was an honorable mention on our Into the Mouth of March Madness tournament. Because anything with Sam Jackson. Come on. Now. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, the following week, then, they're going to another one that did make our Into the Mouth of March Madness tournament. Um, another one from 1978. Uh, that's our... <laughs> but with, again, the aforementioned Dick, Dick Miller. Miller. <laughs> right? All comes back to Dick Miller. All comes back to Dick. <laughs> one way or the other on this <laughs> podcast. But uh, we're going we're going with Piranha. Uh-huh. Such a fun little mean little underwater monster movie. It goes a long, long way. I think it battled Jaws 2 mm-hmm. in that particular <laughs> yeah, round. Did. You can't go wrong with either one. And then closing out the month of July, they have another film celebrating a 20th anniversary. And another one that I did see in the theater, and I really can't wait to see on the big screen again. And as Jill Gavargazian said... Sawa's family, yeah, Idle Hands. Dude, I'm so stoked for Idle Hands. That's going to be rad. I saw it in the theater, too. Gave me a newfound appreciation for Back in the New York Groove. That's mm-hmm. a deep cut and a creeps of nostalgia. My apologies. Yeah. But that's the reason I know her name is Kelly Monaco. I'll leave it at that. Uh, and I know they said in the month of August, there's another 20th anniversary screening of a film that I did also see in the theater. And it's a film that uh, I'm still chasing that fear dragon of my experience seeing it in the theater. I mm-hmm. saw that now, unfortunately, defunct Tivoli, pour one out, local theater here in the Kansas City area, but they're uh, doing up on the big screen on Terror Tuesday, The Blair Witch Project. That would be cool to check out in the theater. It's you're you're not, mixed on that. You're yeah, mixed I, on that, aren't you? I, I am. I am. <laughs> 
That's okay. That's okay. We, <laughs> and you, gang, you're not going to get a Midsomar review at this point, but let's just needless to say, if I'm you not follow the him biggest, along. I'm not the biggest fan of Midsomar. No surprise. So <laughs> Just follow you along on the social media. I'm sure you yeah, can engage in, with him. <laughs> Help me add this can of worms I opened up. <laughs> so again, my apologies, Amber and Adrian. We're going to get together again to talk it, uh, but I wanted to make sure to plug those dates that were coming up because I will be there because... At this point, the Friday the 13th screening will have happened. Mm-hmm. It would have been a wonderful experience, you know, hopefully. And I, you know, I may or may not break out the uh, the shorts shorts for that. Nice. Because, uh, 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 not Doug Christie, but um, the, the head camp counselor, the oh, hi guy. Oh, hi. Oh, hi, Barry. I may, I may rock <clears throat> the short shorts with an ascot. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, and then chop some wood. Exactly, exactly. Because that's how you do it. That's Just... how we... That's how we do it at Terry mm-hmm, Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, and then go get some divine coffee. <laughs> <laughs> but we are here to talk about a film, one that definitely falls nicely into our Summer of Slashers series. Mm-hmm. And it's also nice because it's a new recent release. And, and, and a remake. Yeah, and a remake. Um, and we on purpose did this one a little bit later because we knew a lot of the other podcasts would go ahead and release their episodes we had planned on having a Friday the 13th episode. <laughs> Unfortunately, that didn't happen. It had a death curse. <laughs> and there was a high over under. Yes, there was a lot of Crazy Ralph. On Crazy Ralph, which in turn, <laughs> I believe, is going to be something along the lines of this episode's over under is going to be probably a bad Randy. Randy Newman like impression. Let, let me tell you something about my best friend. I don't even know if Randy Newman sings it. But when they make it sinister, it sounds like Randy Newman. You know, short people. You know? <laughs> Slow down, Randy Newman is your gateway to the devil. But usually, when we see a new release, it's uh, we're usually in the uh, the cozy confines and company of a true friend of the podcast. He's practically a co-host at itself on Nerds and Nightmare Junkhead. Uh, you can hear him as the co-host of the Media Rewind podcast and read his ramblings at BoomHowdy.com. Boom, howdy. Welcome back to the podcast, Dustin Fryer. Hey, Beth Wynn. <laughs> <laughs> That's too Randy Newman. <laughs> Let me tell you a story about my you can't, I'm, you can't, And you know what? It's an earworm. I guarantee there's going to be like listener. The one listener is going to be like, God damn it, guys. We, we are ready to have some fun right? at this point. Yes. Yes. So before we get into the good stuff, tell our listeners where can they find you out on the social media. Please plug and promote away. Me personally, at Mount Baldy on the Twitterverse. Uh, you can find Media Rewind Pod on Twitter and Media Rewind Podcast on Facebook. The Book of Face. So what's been going on with Media Rewind now since, unfortunately, with the uh, the rise oh, and fall of the TV man. schedule and... Yeah, we're, we're right in our sweeps now. Right? We're um, just waiting for our shows. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, we, we've got The Purge coming up for the se- uh, second season of that. Um, Walking Dead will be relaunching, I believe, in October. Excellent. And then Genius and I are kind of hit and miss during the summertime because I work a lot. He does a lot of hostings with you guys. Of course. It's, it's just... I think the next one that we're, I'm, I know I'm looking forward to is Watchmen. Yes, well, that's the one that we're going to tackle. You guys are going to cover that. Going to tackle when that comes out. So excellent. Well, that's good. Again, good content and good stuff to chew on. And mm-hmm. like I said, a lot of the shows I don't watch, but I do listen to the podcast. And again, I think thanks to the, the lifelong friendship of the chemistry and the vernacular that goes along. It adds a nice special spice to it. I was it. about to apologize for ruining them all for you. <laughs> right? <laughs> Our bad. It's, it's theater of the mind. I appreciate it. Sorry, Lance. <laughs> but as we said, normally when we go and seek out new releases, you're usually in uh, in tow with us. Uh, and this one we did check out at the Screenland Armor, mm-hmm. uh, as we do a lot of the, the special screenings there. Um, and wanted to make sure we had your opinion on this. Now, normally, again, if we were going to generalize, you know, Dustin is our go-to for... 
all things action. Action. You know, I know you you enjoy a plethora of genres, but action is the go-to. Exactly. So with, the, always, with the bang bangs and the pew pews. Yes, and the, the big explosions and what have you. So I always like to have your perspective, you know, especially when we can bring it in on horror films. Mm-hmm. And the film we're going to be talking about is the remake, reboot, what have you, of Child's Play. Mm-hmm. Now, before we get into the remake slash reboot, which we'll talk, is it a remake or reboot? Um, what's your original relationship with the, the original film and the franchise? Because this film itself is kind of controversial. Honestly, the only movie out of the entire franchise that I've seen is the original. Ah. The first one. And I didn't see it in the theater. It was like uh, probably about two, three years afterwards. And I mean, after it made its VHS DVD kind of release and it had been out for a while, so... Yeah, no, no theater for me for Chucky. And you haven't seen any of the uh, sequels at this point. You know, I've wanted to see what is it? Curse. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what are the most two most recent ones? Curse, Curse and, and cult. cult. Yeah, I've wanted to see both of those because I heard they were good, but it's just yeah, there's so many good freaking action movies coming out, man. Yeah. <laughs> and this is a man that we uh, what did we watch recently? And we it was something that we hosted. And the Warriors. It was the Warriors. And I was like, man, when was the last time you saw this? You're like, oh, about five days ago. And it's like, <laughs> man, you knew we were hosting this. And you're like, yeah, yeah so. It was Warriors. <laughs> like, I like to, you know, almost deprive myself, if you will, if I know I'm going to be watching something. Mm-hmm. Nope, no, no problem. So that came out to play. Well, it's the same thing. I mean, you guys told me about one of the, I guess it was one of the hostings that you guys had at Screenland. And like you said, the, a couple people audibly like gave you like the sigh during the Rambo you know, no, trailer. No, they laughed oh, at the Rambo was, trailer. And, I'm like, and it was no. Midsommar. Go well, figure. Well, and while we were watching the, the previews for Fuck. Child's Play, you know, Armor always has the, the, the most recent previews. Mm-hmm. And Rambo came up and I looked around the theater to see who I was going to have to wait for in the parking lot. <laughs> you don't laugh at Rambo. I don't know if they're laughing. A Rambo or Old Country Rambo, so like <laughs> like Old Country Road Rambo, and uh, you can make the argument that the you know Rambo itself, that last film, is a horror film. Oh, yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. Either way, I want to see Rambo too. That movie looks dope. And I challenge you as an audience listener, go back to Rambo: First Blood Part Two, in the sequence when he's taken out the Russians and the Viet Cong. Replace the film, turn the volume down low, and put on the Friday the 13th soundtrack. We did this. <laughs> yes, we did. We did this. We did this. And it eerily fits perfectly. It's, perfect. it, it's, it's like, it's not quite like Dark Side of the Moon and, and <laughs> Wizard of Oz, but it's almost there. Almost there. Well, I think it just shows the kind of general nerdy kind of things that naturally come up because of our love of the scores and things right? like that. And arguing, you know, is Rambo a pseudo slasher? Which I would make the argument absolutely. The mm-hmm. mud wall. The, yeah. Oh, when, the, when he when he yeah. just opens his eyes in the mud wall, it's like, oh yeah. Dude, that, yep. Okay, so I actually saw Rambo: First Blood Part Two in the theater. My folks took me, which was a strange year because then I think the week before I went and saw the Goonies in the theater. <laughs> so that just shows you like the the permissive parents I had, and it's like, oh my goodness, you guys. But we're getting off track here. Let's steer back here, uh, going back into the original. So the original Child's Play genius Indian, Indian Springs. Okay. Indian Springs. North so, or South? Oh, South. I uh, saw yeah. that. I saw yep. that. A first run. First nice. run. Because it was a horror movie and it came out and it was about a killer doll. Well, and and it, like I had Cabbage Patch, you know, and there was a precedent to that. I mean, they've always kind of. Dolls really give me the heebies of jeebies, but like when I know that they're evil, I'm like okay with them. But if they're like not supposed to be evil, 
then I'm like, like the American girl dolls and the, and the, like all that stuff. And they're not supposed to be evil. That's when I'm like, well, even as a kid, you had to have an aversion to killer dolls because like you said, that's, they're just naturally in your life. Mm -hmm. So when you have the instance where they're turned against you. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, okay. So I know we're going way off topic, but I got to get this one story out of the way because it was a little, it's kind of, it was freaky. It was me and my brother and I had an old, um, my buddy doll. And we were goofing around with it, and it wound up hitting the wall. Well, apparently, underneath the paint is a layer of red paint, right? So, like, so when we threw it up against the wall, it came back and had this gash on it, and the guy had that smile, right? But the gash was like red, like, but paint, right? They were like, it's, it's it's puppet blood. It's, yeah. So from then on, he lived in the closet and never came out again. It was a my buddy doll too. So he's probably still in that closet, probably planning his revenge. Right, right. Just needs with to each day that up. passes, he's got sprawled on the wall, all fucking Event Horizon style. Just <laughs> you want, oh, he's over there. Let me tell you story, friend, like fucking De Niro. <laughs> Well, ultimately, uh, are you? How was your? Are you caught up on any of the sequels? Okay, I've seen um, all of them except the last two. I've okay. yet to see the last Curse two. Curse Colt, you need to catch up on. And I really enjoyed. I really enjoyed one. Uh, one, especially when the new one came out, it's been like on TV a lot. So I got a chance to watch it again, and it still holds up really well. And I think for the most part, so does two and three, but like. I have a love-hate relationship with uh, Bride, and I have a hate-hate relationship with Seed. Seed is definitely its own flavor, and yeah. it's one that I actually appreciate, um, ultimately, what Don Mancini did with the franchise, because that's the one, the through line, the true connective tissue of that original franchise is that he wrote all of them. Yeah, I, I enjoy it, but it's like... Uh, but at five films in, you you need to do something you gotta different. You got to do something. You got to do something wild. And we've looked at part fives of films, and a lot of them are just retreads. So yeah. with Seed, he truly literally injected something, you know, something kind of cool and different in the film. I just think the kid just freaked me out. And I think that's what got me. Well, I'm a huge fan of Curse and Colt, and when I heard that they were remaking Child's Play... Because uh, the original done by Tom Holland, who, you know, if you know me, you know, I love Fright Night. It's a good film. Mm -hmm. That's the one thing with this particular thing is the craftsmanship behind Chucky, because that came out in 87. And if you think about what Kevin Yeager and what they did in bringing him to life. It's an actual fucking automaton. It's a moving. Like when he's coming out of the fire and he's all burnt and he's like right up on. That's nightmare fuel. Yeah, it is. And this is the day before true CGI. So this is all practical. And I think that's one of any time now you put in one of these films as a remake, something that like a gremlins Mm -hmm. or something where, you know, there's going to be the chance where they're going to the crutch is going to be CGI. And it takes kind of some of the charm out of it because that's the thing I love about the original is there is, you know, Chucky is a character. He does seem like he's alive, but, you know, be it the work of Kevin Yeager and, of course, the vocal talent of Brad Dourif, who Mm -hmm. that's the one thing that's tough with this film as well. You're like, oh, wait, Don Mancini's not involved. And now Brad Dourif isn't voicing Chucky. At that point, once all that went out, like the fandom kind of was split. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. you could see oh, not hashtag not my, not my Chucky, Chucky, right? And like a lot of it going on. So like I'm, 
I'd rather die before I see a remake of Chuck. I mean, it was palpable. You could see the hate. And there was people like, well, you know what? Just give it a chance. And then people were like, no, no, no. And I, especially when it comes to remakes. Yeah. The, you always get those purists versus like progressives, well, I guess, you, well, or the optimistics. I, to me, the question is, why need? Why do you need a remake when the series itself, the original series, is still doing well and is and it's still progressing? They still have, you know, the TV series that's coming out. They've got another movie. So, I mean... It in of itself still exists, the original Chucky. So it's like, why do we need this off-brand? Are they doing like a Chucky multiverse? Oh, I, don't, <laughs> I, I don't want to spoil anything. <laughs> Into and... the verse. No, I think this is a good reason that answers your question, why this movie is made. It's something totally its own unique thing, mm-hmm. but still, you could consider it child's play. It does fit the tropes of the original, it's but it's not even it's not even the Star Wars bare bones, you know, Force Awakens, which is fine, you know, that's fine. And then some there's other remakes that we've seen that just kind of like take the main skeleton of it and go. This doesn't even take the main skeleton of it. It maybe just the skull, <laughs> and then it creates its own thing. You and, know, and that's the other thing that we will always say. Like it never, you know, when they remake anything, it does not erase the original. Right, exactly. This is going to be the entry point for a lot of people, and a lot of people in today's day and age, when they have the you know the opportunity, they're going to be able to backtrack into the original timeline. Mm-hmm. So that's okay, and that's kind of the attitude I took going into this one. And I'll say this, I was genuinely surprised at how much I really enjoyed the new Child's Play. Well, I think that's a, a, lot, a lot of the movies that are coming out, everybody's branding them as remakes, but mm-hmm. they're not really remakes. It's, Some of them are just reimaginings of the property. The reimagining, that's another one, or the reboot. I, I like the reimagining because this one, it's a killer doll flick. Yeah. But it deviates from the original when you have... it's not a serial killer. Exactly. There's no one, there's no soul being possessed or anything like that. It, it kind of bypasses the supernatural element and gives us something straight out of the Treehouse of Horrors. Yeah. yeah. I mean... It, it's, it Black Mirror versus the Treehouse... It meets the Treehouse of Horrors. Because, like... And, see, that's, and that's not a spoiler, no. per se, because it's the first thing you see yeah. in right, the film. Right, It's the exact first thing. You know why. And, I mean, and if you know what, think about it, it even harkens back to the first thing. The first thing you see is James L. Ray, uh, or James L. Ray, killing somebody, yeah, and, and the, then trying to get away into the doll factory. The so, power right, of you. you! Right? <laughs> <laughs> you got it, baby. The shocker. It all it all connects. If, if you could have given me Chucky with freaking Horace <laughs> Pinker, that's the next one. And they would move at the same pace because Pinker has the little crawl. Yeah, do the Chucky. But anyway, no, I liked it. Like, just someone set this to evil. That's all it was, and it was it just worked good. You know, you're fired. Bam, just gone. Like, okay, well, fuck you then. It, and and so taking that whole element out of it i really thought brought something into it it's not like chucky's wanting a soul like i want to be a real boy right this isn't rob zombie's pinocchio you know <laughs> so like <laughs> you will be a doodle little pinocchio i promise he won't hurt you Right. But I'm gonna skull fuck you with my wooden nose. Right. <laughs> if it Pussy liquors. And I'm not talking bad on Rob Zombie. I appreciate his work, but my goodness. Like, just, think about it. Like, like. Oh, the reality of everything you get in that. But so, Dustin, what was your thoughts? I really enjoyed the movie. Okay. I mean, it was completely against what I thought it was going to be going into it. You know, because I'd seen the first one and just kind of trailed off on all the other ones. And I'm thinking, you know, okay, cool. Maybe it's a because everybody kept using the reboot, reboot, right. reboot, remake. And I was like, no, this isn't a remake. This is just taking the property and kind of going in a different direction. 
but I mean, I loved it. Uh, that's, I, w- I was anxious to see because, you know, again, you come in with that unique perspective. Well, if we are in the summer of slashers, we've got three G's that we need to take a look at here with and our ag- film. Again, we're going to spoil the shit oh, out of it. Absolutely. I mean, it that's why we waited. It's been out for a couple of, for those of you like, oh man, you just told me about this. It switched to evil. No, 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 no. That's like, again, the first thing you see and we're going to spoil it. So we're so. going to look at the, uh, the gimmick, the gore and the gratuity of the film and the gimmick. Let's start with that because ultimately we've already talked. It's technically, it's been labeled as a remake, a reboot, reimagining. Uh, it's definitely, we can say it's a killer doll film. Mm-hmm. But Genius, you mentioned it. There's a Black Mirror-esque element to it yeah. that I think rings relevant to today's society. Exactly. It's like it, it's extremely relevant and relatable because we've all had machinery that fucks up. Not to the point where like, hey, this machine called me an asshole. But to the point where like, man, this stupid thing, you know. And how, like, shit can work. How, like, one guy can have a bad day and cause all this chaos or or sentience. They even mention in the film, like, there's a part where they will talk about it later when all the kids are, like, going around saying, this is exactly how the robot apocalypse starts. (laughs) And so... This is Judgment Day. Right? This movie knows... It's in a universe where all this other ill shit has happened before. Not happened ill shit, but right. there's been movies and they're smart enough to like put two and two together. And it also and it plays into our just our basically we are so dependent on technology and now technology has made things so convenient. Fucking smart fridges and like we got smart cars and we got things that control like hey turn on the lights and everything comes on and, and like it still f's up right. <laughs> well, hey you Siri, know? dial Genius McGee. Styling genius, right? Santos Hal Halper. You know, I mean, like, remember back in the day, like when you'd see like super spy movies in the sixties, and they'd have shit like, like, turn on the computer. And have the big like wheels and shit but like it would control their house and like man one of these days in the future well, the future is fucking now we don't have cars that fly like we were promised but we can say like hey siri fucking play some like lou rawls and turn on the microwave i'm having a night alone you know so like <laughs> <laughs> so like it, it's <laughs> mental notes microwave dinner and lou rawls that's all right by me and it's Lou Rawls, not Chevy Van. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it plays uh, into that fear now, and that's what I like with with Chucky or the mm-hmm. Bunny Doll, as he's part of the what Han say? Solo. Yeah, yeah, no, you can't call him Han Solo. <laughs> you know what? Let's launch into that. We don't have Brad Dourif. But we got Mark Hamill, which I like, think if it's its own half okay, dozen of one, you know, yeah, I love Mark Hamill unabashedly. So he's one of my favorite voice actors. But what he brought to this character, because at first, when like you said earlier, oh, Mancini's not involved, Duras not involved, I'm like ah. Uh, Mark Hamill's involved. I'm like oh, mm-hmm. if anybody can bring like playful menace, it would be the guy who plays the fucking Joker. Absolutely. So like. He did a fantastic job in this. Yeah, I was I agree. And you mentioned it before. There's really some strange pathos that goes on with the the Chucky doll because the idea is the Chucky doll becomes the thing that can control everything in your house. It is that convenient. It's almost I don't want to say a slave, but it's you know it it's to your beckon like mm-hmm. it is. But it's the thing that you know will let you to control everything and packs your sandwiches for school. Yes, we'll sit with like you a ro- and, like li- and listen to your problems, like the Ashley Two for the Black Mirror fans. But like <laughs> so, and but it's weird how it becomes like the, your personal servant. And initially, the way it's portrayed, 
Chucky comes off as kind of like a guy you're kind of rooting for in many ways because the protagonist of the film is an awkward kid, mm-hmm. uh, newly transplanted to Chicago, which, you know, you throw me anyone that's awkward in society, hey, I immediately identify him. And we have Aubrey, Audrey Plaza. Aubrey Plaza. Pla- playing the mom and that was another selling factor for me i mean okay because here's okay hear me out i know i'm about to get creeps and nostalgia but she one i have a massive like celebrity crush on i'll reply i think she's weird and wonderful but two she was this is one of her first like playing a mom adult Mm -hmm. figure roles and i think she did great you know she showed like empathy and Karen and her interactions she was hilarious even when like her she was blackmailing to get the buddy doll in the first place <laughs> you know she was just being Aubrey Plaza being awesome so I'm a big fan so I can't I'm kind of biased towards Aubrey Plaza of course you are <laughs> of course you are no I think everyone involved actually was really good with the film um we had even uh uh Brian Tyree Kim oh paper boy from yes, Atlanta from Atlanta um, so everyone, I just actually was involved, but the pathos involved with Hamill and what he does with Chucky, especially before, you know, he goes full evil. There are points in the film where you almost feel for the doll. I totally fell for the doll. Like in the point where, cause Chucky's got life in him. Even when his eyes go red mm. and that means he's evil. He's evil, right. <laughs> cause it's a great trope. But even when he, his eyes are evil, they're so emotionful. And the, what Mark Hamill brings to the voice like when they put him in the room for the first time when he really fucked up bad and he just has this look of sadness like I don't know what I did I just trying to make you guys happy well because he's still trying to learn yeah you know, he doesn't understand what he did yeah you know and I think that's a good difference between him and the Brad Dourif Chucky sure. because Brad Dourif knew exactly what he was doing he was a serial killer yeah this guy's just trying to do his job and that's that's why he kind of feel bad for him I mean it, I even at the end of the day, I still feel bad for Chucky, even though his switch was evil and he right. did terrible things. He was just trying to like you were denying d- him his purpose. Does this not make you happy? Yeah. Are, are you not entertained? You know, so like, yeah, you feel bad for Chucky all the way up to the end till he goes full evil. But yeah, well, I even like the cast of the kids in this film because that's mm-hmm. the other thing with this film. It kind of gives an Amblin esque feel with this core of kids because ultimately and there was even a shot in the trailer that i was like wow stranger stranger things is really pushing everything obviously with it coming out as well but i think the core character they all work together pretty well so i was kind of rooting for him especially when you realize that you get the kind of the initial like one is going to be bullying mm-hmm. but ultimately they all come together at the end and you mm-hmm. know in the shared of the uh, the common enemy but uh hamill's performance though eventually he's triggered and there's a turning point and it was so friggin' funny that it was the Texas Chainsaw Massacre yeah. Part 2, <laughs> of which we get a lot of scenes in this film. That just fries his circuits. Because <laughs> he makes that really weird disconnect because the kids are watching it and they're having a grand old time. Mm-hmm. They're laughing, they're hooping, they're hollering. First of all, those are cool kids that are having such a good time <laughs> at watching Texas Chainsaw 2. Genius know, approved. Right? You know Erica was somewhere, Erica Kaufman was just like, that's right, that's right. right. <laughs> <laughs> Those kids are rad. No, but yeah, and then Chucky like, okay, well they're having a good time. Well, then he goes and tries to kill a goddamn cat. Then I was like, stop it, Chucky. You know, well, it's almost like he's making that literal connection of violence. Toward- looks how happy they are. I want to make him that happy. Tipper Gore was like, see, you see, this is what I was talking yeah. about. This is what I was talking about. Pointingly, it makes people go violent. Like only if their switches fit to evil. <laughs> That's only when. <laughs> so I really appreciate the fact that because we've seen like literally and I talked about the transformative power of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part 2 
I've seen it firsthand. So to see it up on the screen, the fact that that's the trigger for Chucky was just so much, so much better. The fact that we got a Tupac reference. And exactly. Then, I was just <laughs> thinking to say, like, two, this one's for Tupac. And he's just shaking seven, a teddy bear. Well, that's the other thing. This movie was surprisingly funny. <laughs> it was. It really was. Yeah. yeah. There were a lot of comedic beats. I was, yeah, this is, and that's, you need that kind of levity, I guess, in a film like this, because not only were the jokes working pretty well, but also the gore, and that's mm-hmm. the second G we're going to get into, is the level of gore. I was actually shocked at what we got. Yeah. There were some genuine good kills in here. There were some really good kills, and it wasn't until the very end where it became a blood fest. There was a lot of suspense building, a lot of, like, old school, like, ooh, there's a there's a, a, something small scurrying about. Well, you get the whole fact that Chucky at this point is going to take out anyone that is messing with Andy, and that includes the stepdad, who who is just... Doucher, yeah, awful, just begging just awful. to be. You just, yeah, Every, he's fodder. Like he was, like I'm not surprised his name wasn't Todd. You know, as the bad stepfather <laughs> somehow. I'm Todd. I'm t- <laughs> ah, he needs to go. But like, <laughs> but the way they used his kill, mm-hmm. and there was like actually multiple setups and kind of some misdirection with what you got, but you ultimately get a little bit of good use of practical and CGA. I think, mm-hmm. like I th- it wasn't over reliant per se. Yeah, I think they blended in well. I think it, it worked out exactly well, especially when we have the technology to make some sort of animatronic puppet like that when you need to make it physical. They could have made it fucking Michael Bay Transformers where it's totally CGI. Where you can't see him, you just see the, the overalls. Just the- <laughs> But I'm glad they went and they're like, hey, people are here to see Chucky. Let's show them fucking Chucky. What do you think of Chucky? I liked him. I liked that. At first, okay, so here's the thing. When I first saw him, they're like, oh, here's your look at the new Chucky doll. I'm like, that's fucking stupid, right? Because I'm thinking, all right, it's a doll. It's supposed to look like a little doll. But then when upon watching the movie, it's not supposed to be a doll. It's supposed to be your everything. You know, it's supposed to be your friend. So to make it look as human as possible, you needed that weird uncanny valley uh, kind kind of of, anime look. Right. Mm -hmm. Kind of like weird robotic. Yeah. I think it worked well. If I put the two together and you say, hey, which one is Chucky? I'm going to point the old school Chucky. That's my Chucky. I mean, when I think of Chucky, but this one, this Chucky doll worked great in in its setting. Yeah, I think it was unsettling. Yeah. And there was just, you couldn't get completely comfortable. And whether Mm-mm. that is just bad design, that, that that's fine. Because it's given me that kind of a feeling where I'm like, yeah, there's just something weird. Because even they're like, get that creepy doll out of the way. <laughs> Everybody was calling it creepy. And so like, yeah, they knew it was creepy. <laughs> we get some good kills in there. There was a character where we immediately were like, wait, is that Jack Black? But no, it wasn't Jack Black. Who was it? Uh, what were you? It was Joaquin Negro. There we go. That's, That's who it was. Next to Jack Black. And what's funny with a a cast like this where you know you've got a lot of people you got to kill, you always need that kind of shifty guy that seems skeezy, skeezy, uh, sliver like way too many times. Basement dwelling. Like literally he lives in like the boiler room and he's all sweaty and, and he and all he's the a, time right? sweaty. Well and so am I, but I'm like trying not to be as creepy as possible. I'm not installing uh, cameras in people's bathrooms like he was. And see that's no, the cool thing. Everything. Yeah. See well, that's the cool thing about yeah. it because when the people that he killed I'm not saying they're justified, but the people that like got offed at the beginning were people that you wanted to see get like got. Well, I, again, if you go back to some of the slasher tropes at this point, you need inventive kills. Mm-hmm. You 
in some ways you want to care for the characters that you need to, but then ideally, you know, you anyone's going to die. Yeah, you know people are going to die, and you want you kind of want to see in a horror movie people die. And it took a long time to the till for well the first de- the first death was right. the, was the suicide off Ooh. the building, which was rough rough way to start the film. <laughs> right, right off the bat, right off it was which the evil. Then he's went down. And then they're like, child's play. Let me tell you. Right. But then it took a while. It, it wasn't did. until it started getting going like a slow burn, which I, I really enjoyed. I did as well. It wasn't like, you know, because in the later entries of the franchise, Colton cursed excluded because I haven't seen it. It was a slash and bash. They fast. were. Yeah. There so. was there was a template to go to at this point. Well, that's the other thing to think about is the fact that this is also something that went nationwide. This is something that the normies will come out to because child's play does have brand recognition yeah, the for the most yep. part you know that's something that a lot of people you know child's play chucky they've they've done it i've seen that mm-hmm. you know for the most part so you're going to get some new new blood into the franchise and again hopefully they'll backtrack because ultimately and this is the thing that i loved uh, you know obviously with a remake or reboot or what have you you have to separate yourself from it but then elevate as well turn it to an 11 if you can and when they introduce the buddy 2.0 <laughs> and you get and you see all these like were bears or whatever they are. Yeah. Or the buddy bears. Yes. Mm. And then the leprechaun There's costume. The... I could totally see that could branch out like. Le- yes. Like every... chi- that's Child's Play 2. That's Buddy versus the child's leprechaun. Play 2. Back right? to the hood. Like <laughs> leprechaun. There no, was, there was... Ch- child's Play 2. Good luck, Chucky. Good luck. And then like. <laughs> I'm the leprechaun. Where's my gold? They had one like, for. Like they put the gold co- in the in the microchip. Oh. And it's designed by the Silver Shamrock Company. There we go. Ah. Oh. <laughs> anyway, no, that's the first thing I was like, oh, that's awesome. And then the little bears, I'm like, they're going to fuck shit up. You know, you realize you you introduce something like that. I need to see them going full werebear, full what have you, whatever they are. Teddy Rups, Rups, Ruxpin? Uh-huh. Is it Teddy Ruxpin? Yep. Teddy Fuckskin just going around tearing things up. Ew. I, I loved when the bears came out. Thanks they looked all, all over my childhood. Appreciate that, genius. Let me tell you about. That's when he, that you put the Teddy Ruxpin. That's the tape that he's there's nothing quite as creepy as when those things started to run out of batteries it's like listening to randy newman high as balls like the devil the devil and randy newman oh no no i thought the kills were great and going back to when the big massacre at the store because they show it in the trailer so before that When it was the up close and personal kills, it was really well done. Yeah, it was worth the wait because you have the Christmas light one. Oh, and the, the douchey boyfriend. Yeah, when oh. the when when the when the douchey boyfriend gets it because there's so many misdirects. There's so many it's, like uh, oh, there it clues, is yep. right like like that's how he's got. It. Oh, oh, that's no, not no. how he's gonna. Oh, that's a, almost like Clue the yeah. movie. Like here's how it really happened. Mm-hmm. It was really well and gory when he landed. Ooh. Yeah, and there were steps to that kill. Yeah, because you sit yeah. there, and you, you know, you watch There's him. Jokes. Yeah, you watch him taking like the the lights, and he's wrapping them around himself, and it's like, oh, I see where it's mm-hmm. he's gonna hang himself. Nope, nope. Then he falls off the ladder, and you're like, oh, that's the way. It, oh, nope, that ain't the way it gets done. In it's just like, yeah, this is pretty sweet. Yeah, it it was trickery, and it was well played, and the way he finally did it, and like I said, it ended another joke because the scalp goes and like flies and <laughs> falls on the gnome. Like, it was great. I thought this it was a fun and funny kill 
Which is weird to which, say, like, yeah, it, that guy got tore up pretty good, but I had a good time with that. It, it, but it's a horror movie. It's exactly. a slasher it's film. It's what you go for. And it was a really good one. And then when, like, Joaquin Phoenix got the, uh, or Joaquin Negro got the, the slice <laughs> oh, the, down the, yes. ooh, that was a good kill, too. Was, All the kills were well done. Well, let's get into the, the other G, is the gratuity. And first and foremost, if I, there was no nudity in this film. Mm-mm. Not that which, which is good, because it was. It wouldn't lend itself to the story, especially when you're dealing with a bunch of kids, kids and yes. cops. You don't want like really stranger things. You we're know? not we're not staying true to the it source material here. Okay, <laughs> we're gonna veer away from that. <laughs> it's a different uh, thing, of Chud. And I think ultimately, in a film like this, I think it would, may have taken me out of the film. Yeah, it oh, absolutely. Been, it would have been gratuitous had it been inserted, so to speak. So I'm glad to see that didn't. But the kills themselves, some of them were pretty mean. Like you said, the up close, intimate, personal ones. Has a punch. Mm-hmm. What about when uh, Chucky takes over the car? The, oh, that was Doreen. that was mean and sad, and yes, the fact that he goes like, "Got you now, bitch!" You right? Hobbit motherfucker. Yo, that was a good. That was a good <laughs> combat. No, because see, that's the thing. After the people that you wanted to see go get mm-hmm. God, only people left are the people that you come to care about. Mm-hmm. And I was right. not expecting the mom to go when when she goes. Oh, I'm just gonna go to the store, and he's my Chucky's my new friend. And then there was that whole like like whole She's funny just thing happy with to the, get out, yeah. right? Well, if, if you at, get a marveling at like yeah. the, the the lift device or whatever, exactly or the, the like, buddy one, yeah, because it's almost totally like upgrade it's, like new lift. All sorts of black mirror shit. Like, right, right. Oh, pay, they just the app will come and pick me up, and sure enough, he did. And then the fact that the fact of adding a new spin, like the fact that Chucky can control not just himself, but Anything all these other devices yeah. that are connected to our everyday world, Chucky can totally maximum overdrive us. <laughs> so like, and that's what the thing. And we never look at the fine print when we you know agree to something, and yeah. we're all agreeing to get messed with by Chucky being called an asshole just it's be it's like you said that's a new level added to the mix and the mythos of chucky that adds it and that's why i think movies like this when done right can be warranted yeah. like when you say like well do we need it and this point in time yes you makes chucky more relevant yep. it makes like an icon more scary again because the a creepy doll is scary enough but a creepy doll that can control where the fuck you're going and what the fuck you're doing and if if you're out and about can have drones on your oh, ass yeah. yeah you know what i'm saying no there's no escape from that well, which the, is the, the fear is palpable right. well that's the thing the first one plays relevant to 87 with the cabbage patch craze now <laughs> 2019s it is all about and god and i don't want to spoil anything for a spider-man flick but you know if i hear they have to hear the word drone again one more time but it is relevant and it's something that plays to and again it's killer like, right it's perfect perfect mm-hmm. like you said just plays on all the fears not necessarily. I'm not going to say it's a satire by any means. No, but, but it's definitely it's a very humorous take. Yeah, it's a dark. I wouldn't. I wouldn't go as far as calling it a dark comedy. I wouldn't even call it a horror comedy. I would say it's horror with a, a lot of comedic elements. Yeah, yeah, and a social satire. I would even go that far because, like you said. With the smartphone technology and with the kid is alone. The kid he's is alone. Like, yeah. He's a he's a latchkey kid for intents yeah. and purposes. The mom's doing her best and trying to live her life, and he's got to talk to somebody. So he confides in Chucky, and again, Chucky is just wanting to do what he was meant to do, and that's what I you know, I feel. You feel pathos. You don't feel pathos for the old school Chucky because right. he's a fucking serial killer. Right? He wants to take the boy's soul because he's pathos. <laughs> <Cultural>. Troll. <laughs> 
Whether the Simpsons or it's sunny in Philadelphia, it one way or another oh, no. finds Chuck, its way into the podcast. Chucky's the troll doll. I can see it too. Just whips of red hair. <laughs> Your boy's soul awaits. You. Uh, <laughs> but uh, make me forgive this, I beg of you. Uh, 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 uh. I will. I will say this. I don't remember us getting. And one of the things, and I'll even give credit to uh, We Hate Movies, but they always highlight this as well. In the old school Chucky movies, you would get at one point in the film Chucky's rage, and it would come out in this like all, ah, just mm-hmm. this Chucky rage moment, which is equal parts funny and scary. And I don't think we got that in this film. I don't remember that at least, Mm-mm. which I was a little let down on because I need that ah. Coming from Chucky, there's just something cathartic about it. I think the only rage moment when he was trying to teach him how to be, you know, how to be oh, menacing, the, how to be scary, the, the, cre- uh-huh. the creepy uh-huh. ass smile. You know what? <laughs> this was almost short circuit, like Johnny Five. Yeah, Johnny Five, because he was learning how to be alive, even from, even though it's from the bully. And when he finally does come back, and like this one's for Tupac, this bitch, for- and he's just stabbing <laughs> it because that's the little kid who's again nurture versus nature. This movie has layers, so like, <laughs> it's not all child's play. But and, and and you know what? People are like, oh, I I it's it can I think this movie can stand on its own. Yeah, you know, oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I think even if you change the name from Child's Play, it would still be a good horror movie. But and the- that's could could you have labeled this something different and differentiate itself from Child's Play? Because let's face it, I mean, the, based on the design itself, that is a Chucky doll. But had they made maybe a few twists and turns, altered a little bit, maybe it could have been something completely different, but given us the same kind of result and point. The, the only question I've got is, does it carry the same type of you know box office power if it doesn't have the name tied to it? Sure. See, I, I mean, would it would it be like one of those direct to DVD kind of things? See, I think you're onto something. I think maybe without the name Child's Play, without the familiarity, without the like people seeing it because or even making the controversy of it i think it might have be a movie that got lost in the shuffle yeah you know it was one of those like look at look at upgrade yeah that's one that yeah you know truly got lost in the shuffle is now finding an audience on home video um i think this one did pretty well for the most part but it was really mixed actually upon amongst the horror community there were a lot of people that really dug it but a lot of people really disliked it as well which i can understand because I'm not going to say anyone's closed-minded because if you don't like it, you don't like it. But then right. there's a lot of people that will take that whole purist point of yeah, you know, not see it because of or almost going in wanting to hate it, right? Which uh, I just I, I don't like. That's so unhealthy. Well, I've been know? guilty of it, but I'm trying not to. <laughs> that, that's the unfortunate thing about Twitter and you know social media. Everybody has a voice, but everybody has a voice. Yes. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And like I said, we we try to be as positive as possible. So even if you know we don't like something, we don't heap. You know, we're taking the time to talk. If we're devoting an episode to a film, it's because we liked it. You mm-hmm. know, we never will play an episode for the most part where we will trash a film. I don't think we've, ever, I, at least from my own personal philosophy, no. I would never do that. No, I know just, that. I know there's things that I've been the, angry about, yeah, but I, mean, I try and like look for for example, even I thought her there was exactly. some pretty scenes in Hereditary. But like, and that's the thing. Even if like I didn't like Hereditary, we would have talked about it. But we try to show our work for the right, most part, except exactly. when you know you get genuinely angry. And that's why, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, we won't be doing a review of Midsummer. So, <laughs> um, but ultimately, uh, final thoughts here on the reimagining of Child's Play. 
I thought it was well done. I, I mean, just, the the comedy pieces hit. I mean, the the gore hit. I mean, it's just a fun movie. Yeah. I mean, and the the fact that it clocked in as a canon timeline at ninety minutes. Yeah. Fantastic. Make more movies that way. It was I, quick and mean. Yeah, and that's I and there's kind of a growing movement, I think, and I understand the good two and a half hour long the, the newest spider-man was two and a half plus right. hours two hours 15 midsummer was 215 i understand it but man when you give me something lean and mean at 90 thank mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. thank you absolutely okay so dustin thanks for taking the time to come out again man of thanks course for having me. so again where can our listeners find you out on that awful place that is the social media <laughs> hey i love social media uh at media rewind pod on twitter and at media rewind podcast on the facebook Perfect, perfect. So um, we only got a couple of more episodes as we round out our Summer of Slasher series. Now, mm-hmm. I will say this. We are going to have some other guests come on coming on at a later date. We had some plans fall through, unfortunately. But again, it's only because uh, the guests are busy and they have sh- good shit going on, which I right. love. It's one of the best things. But I know next week uh, we're going to be kicking back, uh, getting lazy, uh, get prepared for uh, the uh, scoring with some slashers. Mm-hmm. Best and slasher then, hits. And then I know we are going to close everything out. Might as well say it because we just watched it and it was a pleasant rewatch and it's a film that if you haven't seen it i highly recommend it should we go ahead and say what a rewatch it is? yeah or the the behind them we're gonna go build peak behind the mask the rise of leslie vernon and ooh. so prepare yourselves if you don't have it it is out there uh scream factory has a wonderful blu-ray i highly recommend picking it up but go see child's play go check it out i mean even if you want to wait till like netflix it, or whatever yeah, cool, but seriously, before you're like, I'm not going to go fucking see it because it's a remake. And that's coming from me because a lot of movies anger me of recent, but I went, I'll still go check them out. So check them out, uh, even though it's a remake. Seriously, it, it's if, you, if you're that pissed off, hashtag not my Chucky, then don't look at it at Chucky. Look at it at a buddy movie. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And also, see highly, something recommend, about the best highly recommend check out the, uh, the Curse and Cult as well, and then whatever Mancini is doing with the property, as he, it is really his his buddy, if you mm-hmm. will. So until next week, uh, this is Greg D. I'm Genius McGee. And we will see you in your dreams. Yeah.